0: it's september 27th i'm brian dean wright former cia operations officer and this is the right report hey good day to you ladies and gentlemen welcome to the right report your daily news podcast i've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping america and the world First up, Ford Motor Company is dumping their plans to build a new battery plant in Michigan. Union workers are outraged about that news. We'll talk about what's really going on, though, behind the scenes and why you should care. Second, the Chinese government announced late last week that they would not be giving up fossil fuels anytime soon. Calling a plan to do so? Unrealistic. Third, I've got an update for you on our battle for the Pacific. Island leaders are leaving D.C. this morning to head back home, including that new ally that I mentioned yesterday that loves two things more than anything, and that is rugby and Jesus. We're going to talk about those great folks in just a bit. Fourth, diesel prices around the world are heading higher. Home heating oil prices going up, too. We're going to talk about why, with part of the blame. Well, it's being laid at the feet of the Russians this morning. Later, we close out the podcast with a personal reflection today. It's about Hunter Biden suing people for sharing his laptop. We'll talk about the implications of that, especially for those 51 U.S. intelligence officers who lied and said a couple years ago it was Russian disinformation. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning ford motor company is dumping its plans to build a battery plant in michigan they announced yesterday that they were holding off on constructing that facility until quote we are confident about our ability to competitively operate that plant end quote well as observers are saying that is a little bit of a squishy response but clearly there are concerns about profitability in other words whether or not they can you know make those cheap batteries for their electric vehicles Although, folks are also saying that this could be because Ford is increasingly concerned about the political challenges that face that plant, and that is because that battery facility was slated to be built and operated with a Chinese partner called CATL. And that communist connection made a whole bunch of folks pretty darn angry, especially on Capitol Hill. In fact, Republicans announced an investigation into that partnership back in July and again in early September. Well, whether it be because of economics or politics, the point is that the plant is not going to be moving forward. Predictably, there were some folks that were very happy about that, including those Republicans. But there's a group that is very angry about this news, about this cancellation of the Chinese plant, and that is union workers. The United Auto Workers, or the UAW, blasted Ford Motor Company yesterday for this decision, suggesting that Ford was doing this as a form of punishment All for the union's recent strike quote this is a shameful barely veiled threat by ford to cut jobs i guess closing 65 plants over the past 20 years wasn't enough for the big three now they want to threaten us with closing plants that aren't even open yet end quote all right well stepping back for a second that is pretty standard stuff here a union is blasting a company for plant closures but Here's where it gets a little bit more interesting, right? The union's leader, his name is Mr. Sean Fain. He added this in his statement, quote, we are simply asking for a just transition to electric vehicles and Ford is instead doubling down on their race to the bottom, end quote. In other words, folks, he's acknowledging that this strike and Ford's closing down this battery plant are all about the dirty green revolution. And that, in fact, that is what I shared with listeners back on September 18th. But to refresh our memories, UAW is striking because electric vehicles fundamentally require fewer workers to assemble them. So unions are striking now, grabbing for as much as they can, as fast as they can, including pretty big salary increases and big pensions, all before the dirty green electric vehicles, well, run over them and their economic lives. Well, in force defense, company executives are apparently saying behind the scenes to Mr. Fain and the UAW, look, we can't operate these battery plants with very expensive union personnel. And that is because there are cheap Chinese electric vehicles that are flooding the market and we can't compete. So we have to scrap this pretty darn expensive union endorsed battery plant in Michigan. And instead, we're going to have to focus on the ones that we are building in Tennessee and Kentucky, right? Those battery plants are non-union. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, I briefed you on that build out over the summer. So that is at face value what is going on in Michigan this morning about that canceled Ford battery plant. It's really about the broader fight over the dirty green revolution. One more thing to mention to you this morning. So this fight... Is getting especially political. Joe Biden showed up on the picket lines yesterday supporting the striking UAW workers. He said, quote, you've earned a heck of a lot more than you are getting paid now, so stick with it, end quote. Referring, of course, of course, rather to the strike. Meanwhile. Former President Donald Trump, he's in Michi- uh, Michigan today where he plans to blast Mr. Biden and this dirty green revolution. Specifically, uh, he plans to slam Mr. Biden's push that all new cars be electric by the year 2035. For what it's worth, you should expect that the union's leadership is not going to welcome Mr. Trump today. The UAW released a statement yesterday saying, quote, we are fighting the billionaire class and an economy that enriches people like Donald Trump at the expense of workers, end quote. In other words, folks, we've got a big set of fights this morning over dirty green batteries and automakers, union workers, politicians, and uh, a couple of pesky Chinese companies. Now, normally I would offer you my analysis and opinion at this point, but I'm going to hold off until after I give you the second report this morning. That's coming up next. And as I share this next piece of news with you, let's see if our analytical minds are in sync this morning. Let's see if you and I spot the key takeaway when we put this brief that I just gave you with the next one. All right, let's have some fun. Let me now share that second report of the morning. Late last week, China's top climate official said that his country will not phase out fossil fuels in the near term. In fact, he said that getting rid of oil, gas and coal, that is unrealistic. Instead, he insisted that traditional fuels must continue to play a vital role in maintaining global energy security. According to Reuters news service, he actually went further than that. He explained that solar and wind power, that stuff is simply too unreliable, too intermittent. As he explained, the sun doesn't always shine and the wind doesn't always blow. Plus he added that batteries and other storage technologies are just too immature to scale out at present. And that is why he said China is going to continue to rely on traditional energy for many years to come. By the way, he made these comments at a meeting of climate change officials and activists who were apparently not pleased with his remarks. And I would imagine that they are not pleased in part because of these two facts. First, China emits more carbon dioxide than all other industrialized nations combined. And second, China is building and permitting two coal plants each week of every month of every year. So all in all, China's top climate official is clearing up any confusion this morning that anybody might have. Beijing will continue to power themselves with fossil fuels no matter the opposition. All right, so that is the second report that I wanted to share with you this morning. And now I'd like for us to connect it to the first report of those big political fights, uh, fights in America over batteries and auto manufacturers and unions and the like. So if we put these two reports together, what do you all think? In other words, if you were, say, a CIA analyst sitting down with a policymaker and they were asking you for your advice. In other words, the, the so what about these two reports, what would you say? What is the big picture here that a president should, well, stop and consider? Well, as you think about that, for my paid subscribers, you all can let me know what you think in your emails and your comments. But in the meantime, here's what I would offer a president as my counsel. So I think that these big fights that we're seeing out of Michigan and elsewhere, it's all for nothing, all of it. And here's why. So stepping back Folks who embrace the urgency of climate change and this movement say that we have got to transition every single part of our lives towards these so-called green solutions. And that includes everything from construction materials to killing all of those belching cows to buying electric vehicles. And we are doing this, of course, to reduce our carbon dioxide emissions to save the planet. Well, Like it or not, that is, in fact, what the United States and others throughout, especially Europe, are doing. And predictably, as we go through this evolution and this process, we are having a lot of fights and squabbles in places like Michigan this morning, because in this dirty green world, folks, we don't need these union workers or not as many. Again, that's because electric vehicles have fewer parts. And so fewer workers are necessary to assemble these things. So yes, the fight is on with well, understandably panicked workers and you know reluctant car companies and a bunch of politicians who, well, some are saying build more of these EVs, others are saying build less, and it's just an ugly fight. And yet, as we allegedly fight to save the planet, along with sacrificing jobs and upending livelihoods, well, then <clears throat> along comes China, like a well, a drunk guy in a bar with a pool stick knocking over all the climate change plans and goals. And that is because they are going to burn all the fossil fuels that they want. And they just said that again last week. And here's the kicker, folks. They are going to do this, burn all those fossil fuels and use them at a rate that is far greater than whatever the cuts and sacrifices that we are making here. So all of the fighting and the economic upheaval that, in fact, we are seeing this morning in Michigan and beyond... It's for absolutely nothing in terms of a a material change to the global emissions of carbon dioxide. Ultimately, China gets stronger and we get weaker because all we do is fight and bicker. So there is my analysis and my opinion. And I'm just wondering, uh, did yours involve China as a a drunk guy in a bar with a pool stick? Well, not just me. Okay, with that, Let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, an equal thanks and enjoy the following messages. Remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or a service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Folks, if there were ever a product that you should consider, man, this is it. Jace Medical. They provide an emergency supply of prescriptions and antibiotics. And here's why you should consider them. As listeners know, I have spoken about how China and India control most of our prescription drugs, including antibiotics. Well, what happens if a war should break out over, say, Taiwan or maybe a pandemic again? Well, we all know what happens. Our supplies of critical products get interrupted, and that is not acceptable if your life depends on it. So that is why I am proud to tell you about jasemedical.com. And here's how it works. You fill out a simple form at jasemedical.com. Then you speak with a board-certified physician. And within days, your order arrives at your home for emergency use. And I'll tell you, this is not for casual use, folks. Talk to your normal doctors for sniffles and such. This is for emergency use with potency lasting for years should the worst ever come. So friends, go to jacemedical.com, enter promo code right, that is w r i g h t and you will get a discounted order. Again, that is promo code right at j a s e medical.com. Folks, you know that here on the right report, we talk about the mix of economic signals in America that suggest that things aren't great. Inflation remains high, interest rates too, and debt levels for both the government and consumers alike at record highs. So if you add all that up, that is financial risk, ladies and gentlemen, for people like you and me. So if you have been considering ways to diversify your investments and lower those risks, you ought to consider gold and silver and consider American Hartford gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts. All it takes to get started, folks, is a short phone call. They will show you how to protect your portfolio with physical gold and silver. American Hartford Gold has a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. And if you give them a call today, folks, they will give you up to $5,000 of free silver purchase dependent. So call them at this number, 866-353-2694, or easier yet, you can text right. that's my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T, to this number, 65532. Again, text right to or call toll-free at 866-353-2694. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards international news. We start with an update to our series, folks, The Battle for the Pacific. That, of course, is our coverage on the fight between China and the United States for influence and supremacy amongst all those little island nations in the Pacific Ocean. So as ever, grab your maps, ladies and gentlemen, because we have some updates to talk about. And for a couple of these island countries, you might want to grab a magnifying glass, too, because they are hard to find. So we start in Washington, D.C. this morning, where leaders of the Pacific Island Forum are heading home after a couple of days in D.C. They were there to wheel and deal, get some money and FaceTime with American officials in this battle for the Pacific. So the Islanders, of course, were met by officials at the U.S. State Department, members of Congress, and as you would expect, Mr. Joe Biden. Unfortunately, though, things did not go especially well at the White House. Mr. Biden said that he was offering these folks $40 billion in aid, and that's great. But it wasn't true. The White House said that actually he meant $40 million, not billion. But then there was another clarification that actually, no, we mean of $200 million. Well, I'm not sure what the ultimate amount is going to be, but nevertheless, the nations that were there seemed quite pleased with whatever it is that they got. Two nations in particular were quite happy, the Cook Islands and New Way. Now, the Cook Islands you have probably heard about before. They were named after the famous British explorer James Cook, who was there back in the 1700s. But my goodness, little New Way, you might not know about that place. And I tell you, if you can get your maps out, again, on your computers or phones or in your minds, first start with uh, American Samoa. Then if you go due south, there is a tiny little single island, and it's called New Way. Population 2,000, maybe 1,300, depending on the year and the census. But I'll tell you, this little country has a big fight in them, and that is because they love two things. First, rugby. Like, uh, well, most Pacific Islanders, they love their rugby folks. And I should say they love their American football, too. And here's a fun fact about that. Polynesians are 28 times more likely than any other ethnic group to make it to the NFL. Well, why is that? You know, a documentary from PBS a couple of years ago said that maybe it was genetics. Maybe it was their warrior culture. Or maybe it was their faith, a calling from God. And that is certainly true in new way. They love Jesus. The island country largely shuts down on Sunday because they view that as the day of worship and rest. So the government advises that if you're going to come and do a little bit of visiting, tourism, you must bring or should bring your Sunday best and be respectful of the observances. So there you have it. But back to the main point, the Cook Islands and New Way, they are now both officially on America's side this morning in our battle for the Pacific. The Biden White House announced that the U.S. would acknowledge each of those sets of islands as sovereign, independent nations and establish diplomatic relations accordingly. Now, unfortunately, I've got some bad news to talk about in our battle for the Pacific as I briefed you on back on May 23rd. About half of the 15 or so island nations in that region are on China's side. And we need to talk about three of them, which unfortunately are drifting further into Beijing's orbit this morning. The first is the Solomon Islands, that country's prime minister, a fellow named Mr. Sogovare, said that unfortunately he could not make it to the meetings in D.C. this week with Mr. Biden and so forth. But that was a fib because he was in New York City just late last week and flew home over the weekend. Now, to be fair, he is dealing, uh, well, with a bit of a crisis. It's a gun crisis. To understand this news, Mr. So Guevara received a shipment of guns and ammo from China back in March of uh, last year. And he said at the time that they were just pretend replicas so that his police could use them to practice. Well, as it turns out, they were real. And members of parliament in the, the Solomons are not very happy with Mr. Sogavare about that because the fear is that he's going to use these weapons to stay in power. Well, for what it's worth, Mr. Sogavare says that this allegation is just a lie. His police do too. Although I should note it it is, uh, it's very strange. The crates from China, they were unmarked. They were very carefully packaged and they were unloaded in the middle of the night. Also, the guns had unique serial numbers on each of them. So there's that latest out of the solomons which appears to be arming up this morning with weapons likely from beijing. Before we move on to other quick updates on islands that are unfortunately quite friendly to china. So if you look south of the hawaiian islands, right right along the equator, you are going to see the island country of kiribati. For my history buffs, y'all might know this area as the gilberts or the gilbert islands. Well, they are firmly under China's control this morning and, in fact, are blocking the U.S. government from building an embassy there. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that the Chinese have started what they call an anti-American whisper campaign amongst the locals, spreading all sorts of rumors and gossip. And that apparently is slowing the progress for a new U.S. embassy. Finally, we need to talk about the country of Vanuatu, Love that name. It's a country, by the way, that is just west of Fiji, if you're looking on your maps. So a few weeks ago, I briefed you on how the pro-American prime minister at the time was thrown out of office in Vanuatu. He lost his job because of a pro-China group in parliament that they wanted to remove him and install somebody else. Well, in the past couple weeks, they did that. The pro-China group put their guy into power. And it is that guy that skipped the meetings in D.C., as we might expect. Although, to be fair, he is now facing the prospect of being removed, and that is because the pro-American group in Parliament is trying to toss him out now. (laughs) The bottom line is that there is a nasty fight in Vanuatu this morning, and for what it's worth, I suspect that behind the scenes, there are some spies from probably Australia, New Zealand, and America who are having a lot of clandestine fun in Vanuatu trying to sort this out. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the latest on the battle for the Pacific. As ever, more to come. Finally, this morning, an international update on why fuel prices here at home are so daggone high, especially for diesel and increasingly for home heating oil, too. So let's talk about the three reasons that this is happening, starting first with some background. In about June or so over the summer, we started to see crude oil prices start to rise, From a low of about $70 a barrel for Brent Futures to now around $90 or even upwards of $100 a barrel. At least soon, some folks are saying. But why? Why the increase? Well, that takes us to reason number one. The Russians and the Saudis. So a couple months ago, both Moscow and Riyadh uh, announced that they would cut back on their oil production to keep prices high. That is because they want to, well, make themselves some money. But here's why that is bad, especially for diesel prices. And here's something that you might not know. So those two countries produce a type of oil that, in very simple layman's terms, it's got more diesel in it, part of a family of products that's called distillates. So as those countries pump out less of that oil, it becomes more challenging to supply the world with diesel and all those distillates. And that is why prices have been on a tear lately for that stuff, or at least that's part of the reason. Here's the second reason. Late last week, the Russians announced that whatever diesel and gas that they are refining at home, well, that stuff has to stay at home. And that's an export ban. And they're doing that to lower prices in Russia, which lately have been going up, mostly because of the war in Ukraine. So they slapped this export ban and it is now in effect. And that takes us to reason number three that fuel prices are up, heat in the U.S., So over the summer, it got pretty toasty in the Gulf region. Probably some of y'all know that. But that is, of course, home to most of America's big refineries. And that heat this summer meant that the machinery in these refineries could not refine as much. Those facilities perform best when it is less than 100 degrees outside. So that summer heat ultimately led to lower production. And that now means that we have fewer gallons or barrels in storage. And that pushes up prices. So you add that. To the Russians and the Saudis doing what they do, well, now you know why your fuel prices are going up, especially for diesel and home heating oil too. To that latter part, Reuters News Service recently reported that the cost for this winter fuel is going to be up this year by about 9%. So, start saving those dollars now, folks. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Folks, if there were ever a product that you should consider, man, this is it. Jace Medical. They provide an emergency supply of prescriptions and antibiotics. And here's why you should consider them. As listeners know, I have spoken about how China and India control most of our prescription drugs, including antibiotics. Well, what happens if a war should break out over, say, Taiwan? Or maybe a pandemic? Again, Well, we all know what happens. Our supplies of critical products get interrupted, and that is not acceptable if your life depends on it. So that is why I am proud to tell you about jasemedical.com, and here's how it works. You fill out a simple form at jasemedical.com, then you speak with a board-certified physician, and within days, your order arrives at your home for emergency use. And I'll tell you, this is not for casual use, folks. Talk to your normal doctors for sniffles and such. This is for emergency use with potency lasting for years should the worst ever come. So friends, go to jacemedical.com, enter promo code right. that is W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get a discounted order. Again, that is promo code right at medical.com. Folks, I've mentioned to you that to put this podcast together, I work upwards of 12 hours a day. Now, that doesn't leave me much time to cook. And that is why I have been so grateful for America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit called Factor. These meals come fresh, delivered right to your doorstep, and take two little minutes to eat. Now, if you are skeptical like I am, I was at first thinking, eh, this stuff is going to taste like airline food. But no, sir, no, ma'am. These Factor meal kits are good and factor has a wide variety of meals to choose from folks covering lunch and dinner and some very good breakfast options too portion sizes by the way are appropriate and modest making them perfect as a nice meal or a hearty snack for hungry guys like me bottom line folks you know that i take great care when endorsing products and i sure do with this one factor is my go-to option for when i am just too darn busy to cook that is why you must head to factormeals.com slash right five zero, right? Use that promo code, right five zero, and you're going to get 50% off again. That is factormeals.com slash W R I G H T five zero. And you're going to go and get 50% off folks. What a deal. Go there and get this stuff today. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is a personal reflection today on this next news that came out yesterday. Hunter Biden announced that he would sue former New York City's mayor Rudy Giuliani for computer fraud. The junior Biden alleges that Giuliani possessed and distributed his personal laptop, and that resulted in the, quote, total annihilation, end quote, of his digital privacy. Mr. Biden's lawyers added that Mr. Giuliani has been, quote, looking for, hacking into, tampering with, manipulating, copying, disseminating, and generally obsessing over data that he was given that was taken or stolen from Hunter's devices, end quote. In other words, folks, the Hunter Biden laptop is real, and he is admitting to that quite firmly and resolutely. Although that's a little bit confusing because back on June 29th, Hunter testified under oath in a deposition that the laptop was not his. Well, I want to raise this development for you for a couple reasons. First, despite earlier denials, this is now the second time that Mr. Hunter Biden has acknowledged that the laptop is his and it is real. In fact, a couple weeks ago, he sued a former Trump administration official for largely the same reasons that he's now suing Giuliani for. But putting aside... Whether or not Hunter lied in his deposition in June, we can now say that the the Hunter Biden laptop is firmly and resolutely and absolutely Hunter Biden's. And that is exceptionally important because on that laptop are a myriad of emails and texts and videos and photos proving that Joe Biden himself engaged in or profited from his son Hunter's foreign business affairs. Of course, Joe Biden denies all of that. But as I shared with you back on September 13th, he's just flat out lying, y'all. And if you missed that episode, I would definitely encourage you to listen to it later today. Okay, so that's the first reason that I share this news with you. Hunter has admitted that his laptop is in fact his and that, yes, on that laptop is credible evidence of Biden family corruption, including Joe Biden himself. And that is or should be a very big deal. But there is a second reason that I'm bringing this to you. Back on October of 2020, 51 former U.S. intelligence officers told American voters that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. In fact, they said that all of those emails and texts and photos and recordings, quote, have all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation, end quote. In fact, one of the guys connected to the letter, he's an aide to the uh, former CIA director, John Brennan, He said that the 51 officers, quote, want the American people to know that once again, the Russians are interfering in our elections, end quote. Well, three years later, here we are. Hunter is now admitting that the laptop is his, which to be very clear, he and his father, Joe, knew that all along, obviously. And as for these 51 intel officers, well, they were wrong too. And they knew that all along, obviously. And it is worth repeating, folks, why that is so important. Those 51 people who are my former colleagues, they attacked our republic. They used their resumes and their experiences to interfere with our election for president. And while that is certainly bad enough, what is worse is that they ignored the evidence on the laptop that Joe Biden and his family engaged in corrupt acts. Or if I can state that a little bit differently, but equally clearly, the laptop shows that we have a compromised man sitting in the Oval Office right now. But instead of putting party politics aside and making that case to the American people, they helped get Joe Biden elected. They helped lie about that laptop. And that is outrageous, it is wrong, and it's treasonous. And in my estimation, it is why whoever is the next president, they ought to strip those folks of their security clearances at a minimum, and do whatever it takes to ensure that none of those men and women ever have a place in our government ever again. Folks, if you would like me to answer one of your questions on the podcast, it's pretty darn easy to do. Either donate via my Stripe account, which you will find a link for in the show notes. Just make sure you leave your email and I'll be in touch. Otherwise, go to writereport.substack.com, Sign up, and at the bottom of each day's Substack post, you can leave me a comment or ask me a question. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. they the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.